let's face it, I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money? Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous like two-bedroom suite instead of a one-bedroom suite so your like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room so you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your your guys' room? Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards off in full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. My husband loves him some ritual. His little tum-tum can get off. His little microbiome, it says, help me. Enter Ritual. They created a three-in-one supplement, including clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support the relief of mild and occasional bloating, gash, and diarrhea. I really like Ritual because they prioritize sustainably sourced and traceable ingredients. I love to take my Symbiotic Plus every morning along with my hot tea or coffee because I feel like it helps me start the day off right. I also love that Ritual has industry-leading sustainability standards. Ritual uses scientific tools to select lower carbon packaging, prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash curious. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash curious for 20% off. Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness. And every week I sit down for a gorgeous conversation with a brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. It's Pride Month. And we love Pride Month, so we are celebrating Pride Beyond Borders. And today, we're exploring gender, sex, and sexuality through the world of Haitian voodoo. In part one of our conversation, we covered the basics of Haitian voodoo, Haitian history, and the world of Mambo Mode. Today, we'll be going in-depth on what Haitian voodoo has to do with queerness. Welcome back to the show, Eziaku Wokocha, who is an assistant professor at the University of Miami. She's a scholar of Afrikaner religions with expertise in the ethnographic study of voodoo in Haiti and the Haitian diaspora. Her new book, Voodoo in Vogue, Fashioning Black Divinities in Haiti and the United States, is published by the University of North Carolina Press. Sidebar... The title of your book literally gives me chills on my queer quadriceps, my queer triceps. (laughs) It's so good. How are you? I'm doing well. And can I just say, I just think that when we think about embodiment and we think about like how our writing is political and who we are is is invested. Like I put not only just so much time, I used to have dreams of engaging with the spirits. I have dreams of talking to my ancestors when I was writing 
I just want to tell everyone, like, you're getting a piece of me. And even the title that you love so much, I got that from an orgasm. So I'm telling everybody, you're welcome. Yeah, it was mid-orgasm where I was like, oh, 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 and I got the title and I had to like pause. And then I had to write like, it down. Tell them, I had to fucking write it down. <laughs> I had to, because if I did it, like, there's, like, even for me, like I always say, I always talk about poops, dreams, and orgasms have been a part of my writing experience. And so there's been pads of notepads like everywhere. So I feel like everyone has got a part of me. We know a little bit more about me and what I'm, happens when you have sex with me. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you shared that with us. I also... <laughs> What is it about orgasms that, like, you just have such good ideas, like, oh, after yeah. that? And also, like, for me, it's, like, that happens and then I'm, like, I must listen to an amazing song, which is typically, like, Desiree, You Gotta Be, or, like, Shut. It's, like, some, like, 90s R&B vibe. And then I get, like, the best idea, but it's, like, I just have to listen to music. And it's, like, yeah. the most random song. And then... Yeah. But that was... that. But, it, you know, it's funny. I couldn't stay on subject if you paid me, no matter how I start an episode of Getting Curious. No matter what the plan is, as Yaku, you don't, we don't know. We only know where the wind is going to blow us. So the yeah. point is, Sophia Petrillo, Golden Girls, mm. which like five people I talked to last week didn't know what that was. And I'm getting scared and stuff. No. Just because the young people, they don't know. It's fine. No. You are in a Haitian vodou ceremony. What are we seeing? What are we hearing? What are we experiencing? Take us there. All right. All right. So I'm going to take us to Jacques Mel Haiti because I could take us to the basement and Mama Motola in Boston, but Haiti is just much more alive. So imagine Mama Mode has two homes. She has her own physical home and then she has the, her Vodou temple and her Vodou temple can hold up to about like 120 to almost uh, 180. There was one time it got to like 190 people and it was so much. By the time you get in, you're seeing that there's vendors selling food, drinks, alcohol, beverages. It's fun. And then you walk in into this room and you see this massive opening and there is a lot of designs, decorations that are like for the specific spirit. So we're going to use one spirit that's going to be helpful for us. And that is Esley Danto. And that spirit is the mother warrior, goddess, protectress, keeper of lesbians. She's also been seen as intersex, having both male and female parts. And she's like this queer warrior goddess spirit and the keeper of children, protectress of children. Being in the spirit of our queer month and, and pride month to think about Esley Danto and how fierce and provocative and warrior-like goddess she is. So again, for her, her, her iconic colors are blue and red. So imagine you see banners that are blue and red. You look to the walls and the walls have Catholic images of Vodou spirits. And then again, when we talk about this history of enslaved Haitians had to hide their spirits in Catholic images or Catholicism and Haitian Vodou are also like synonymous for one another. Uh -huh. So you see that on the walls. And then you see that there's an altar set up, a beautiful, massive altar decorated for not only Esley Danto, that gives her her food, her rum, her cakes. She likes pork and rice, uh, diri aqua, rice and wheat and beans. And there's candles. And it's not only for her, but it's for all the spirits. Then on one other side, you see the drummers that are getting ready and skinning themselves festive. And then in the middle, there's this bigger pole called the Potomitan. And the Potomitan has this center pillar that is said that once the spirits are going to be called via singing and drumming, that they're, they're supposed to come down to the center pole and be a part of the world. 
So imagine that is like the physical layout. And there's even another room called the Jevo where the material items are being pulled from this, the sacred room to be used to, to help um, facilitate the call of the spirits. So every temple is different. Sometimes the rooms are big, sometimes the spaces are small, but let's just say it's a between a medium to large room. And now there are hun- over a hundred people there. It's invite only, or you have to know somebody to know somebody to know someone that, that, that gets you into that space. It's hot because Hades is hot. So you're already sweating. You can smell people's colognes, perfumes. People are doused in their, in their elements. Some people are smoking cigarettes or weed or, and whatnot. So it's, 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 it's a fun time. It's a fun time. So when you walk into the space and you're greeting people, you're seeing the chairs, you're seeing the people come in. And mind you, this is just prior to the setup. Now we're getting into the space. Then all of a sudden you're starting to hear the drummers, the singers, the dancer setting. And then here is Mumble Mode. Mumble Mode comes in and she is wearing white initially to represent all the spirits. And so she welcomes everybody and says, you know, welcome. This is a ceremony for Esley Danto. We're so honored that you're here. And even in her white outfit, she is glorious. She has her hair, the head wrap decorated. She has lace and, and satin to, to represent. And even the tears, like her arm tears, it shows like different layers to show that she's like the guo mumbo, the head mumbo. So she's in her, her beautiful outfit and everyone else is in their beautiful white outfit initially. And so then they start singing songs to call up the spirits. There's dancing, there's drumming. I'm there and you're going to see me do my, my own dancing. I'm like with the crowd. And you get to see that there's like two different crowds. There's one that's the inner circle of the Vodou practitioners. They're all wearing white and they're all wearing sometimes a similar dress. And then the back, then you see the audience and the audience is even bigger. And some people are wearing white, some people are wearing red and blue to honor the Esli Danto. Is every month like always the person or is like, does each month have like a different god or goddess or like kind of deity? Like, is it like, is it like that? Yes. Like each month can represent a different deity. So for example, March is for Dambala and that is the serpent god of wisdom. You told you, yeah, I think yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you remember. Yeah. Okay. So imagine, so remember that's a, like green, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah. So, you know, St. Patrick. So that's like, the yes. Iconic. Catholic image. So that's for March. Then November is for Gede. And Gede is the, the spirit of life, death, and sexuality. And that's in November. Ooh. Similar to like the Dia de los Muertos type of time. Ooh. So like uh, May is usually for Kuzen Azaka. And that is the god of agriculture and farming and abundance. And so remember how I described for Dambala, like you'll need silk and satin for his clothes because that's an older spirit. So Kuzen Azaka is for agriculture. So you're not going to give him silk and satin. You're going to give him cotton, denim, plaid, different fabrics that you're going to be in the field. So again, each uh-huh. fabric is dedicated to the type of like the type of uh, spirit and what the spirit represents. So it, you have to be mindful because if you don't, if you're not like you, that's a basically a, a spiritual faux pas. Like, uh, and will people like look at you at temple and be like, the like what the fuck you do it yeah. to the denim party to, to, to a denim party like you're not even matched with the ready for the outfit yeah, for your attire yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically like right now we're in Haiti but mm-hmm. Haitian vodou is it's practiced everywhere it's practiced everywhere everywhere yeah because basically if you think about African indigenous religious traditions and how it spread aka slavery yes. and and also migration. Haitians, I would say Haitians like Nigerians are everywhere. And also not 
it's not only Haitian people that are practicing it. Dominicans are practicing, Black Americans are practicing, Jamaicans are practicing it. People from Louisiana and the South are practicing the religious tradition in some various ways. So it might not be as grand as Momo's home. It might be, and you might have an altar in your house. You might have, like, do a small ceremony that's for a few people. It depends on the, the size and the, and the safety that you feel to, to practice the religious tradition. But remember, I was talking about for myself that I've been to like several hundred ceremonies. I've been to places in Montreal, That's several Canada. hundred, you said. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot. I'm bougie. I know. Yeah. I've been doing this for over a decade. And when I was like counting how many ceremonies I've seen, like very big or small, intimate, private or in public, I was like, oh around am i an expert so this is like i'm really like <laughs> you put in your ten thousand hours ten thousand hours and, I'm, and yes. I'm finally able to like um quantify it i was like oh no you've been around you've seen a lot of beautiful intimate and public ceremonies and ritual performances that help you understand the nuances of voodoo and, and how it shapes and shifts in different spaces so what i was uh, telling us about haiti it looks different in montreal it looks different in um, New York City and, and Brooklyn and, and Queens. It looks different in um, New Orleans. It looks different in um, California, in both uh, uh, the Bay Area and, and LA. So Haitian voodoo is mm-hmm. like practiced everywhere. Like, but voodoo, is it is it only just voodoo if it's in North America? No. No. V- uh, vo- voodoo is it's, its own it's other own, fucking it's thing. Own, yeah, yeah. That has, has vestiges of voodoo. Imagine like how Haitian voodoo has been change has to adapt because of also, also the thinking about the indigenous religious traditions from Western Central Africa that has inspired it and also the Taino Indians. Then all of a sudden it now moves to the United States and it's become its own distinct religion as well. And again, some people have have practiced voodoo and voodoo together and they bring two things ah. together. But voodoo, um, and some people say voodoo, some people say hoodoo, some people say conjure, um, some people just say magic. Depending on who you talk to, that's its own variation that that now stems from Haiti, but then also has its own unique, distinct thing that's in the United States. Totes different. And okay, Di- that's- different, but then similar. And then if you think about the reason why um, voodoo is also part of the umbrella of voodoo is because of slavery. Remember I was telling you about the friends? Like, Louisiana Purchase. Uh, Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana Purchase. Back. Yeah. But then also know that there was Haitians or what we know as Haitians of today moving into, into Louisiana too. And then do we call them deity, gods, goddesses? Does it matter? Yeah. People have used different things. They'll say they'll say spirit, divinities, the divine, gods, goddesses. I just didn't know if there was like in Haitian Bodu, if there mm-hmm. was like some that were like super cool and special, but then in like Louisiana and Voodoo, they're like, mm, we don't get down with that one. But but it's like what you're asking about is like how to maintain and also have a relationship with these div- divinities. And what what you're also asking is about also the unique personalities. There are some divinities that are just very fiery and they're very hot. And a skilled practitioner needs to know how to work with those hot divinities. There's also divinities that are very cool and calm and collective. And you still, but it doesn't mean that even though they're cool and calm, it doesn't mean they, they don't have wrath. One has to know how to work with different divinities. So there might be some practitioners that are like, I don't know how to deal with these hot divinities. I'm not, I'm not mm. as comfortable. And so they mostly work with cool divinities. And then people will tell you like, this is who I mostly align with. This is who, I, this is who, who works with me. So everyone has like their, their thing. And then there's also skilled practitioners like Mamba Mode who knows how to work with all of them. And it has been doing this for over 30 years. And she knows how to work with all all her divinities, but then also still has her main person. For her, it's she's part of the Societe Nago, the uh, Nago Society. And Ogu, for her, that's the god of war. 
that's what something that she mostly aligns with. But again, she calls on all, all the spirits. Recently, I've been having some stomach problems. Everyone that I talked to recommended that I take a bunch of different supplements and vitamins, but it's kind of complicated to keep track of that many different pills and powders every day. So I decided to give AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that supports my gut health while also supporting my immune and brain health. AG1 covers my bases with high-quality ingredients like pre- and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food-sourced nutrients. AG1 also replaces my multivitamin, my pre-slash-probiotic, and my supplements to support energy and focus. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com curious. That's drinkag1.com curious. Check it out. My husband loves him some ritual. His little tum-tum can get off. His little microbiome, it says, help me. Enter Ritual. They created a three-in-one supplement, including clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support the relief of mild and occasional bloating, gash, and diarrhea. I really like Ritual because they prioritize sustainably sourced and traceable ingredients. I love to take my Symbiotic Plus every morning along with my hot tea or coffee because I feel like it helps me start the day off right. I also love that Ritual has industry-leading sustainability standards. Ritual uses scientific tools to select lower carbon packaging, prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash curious. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash curious for 20% off. So now we're going back. So you go in, there is like that gorgeous pole in the middle, and then Mm -hmm. there's like an altar to the left, and then more Mm -hmm. of like the... Like uh, the people drummers. that are attending the ceremony, like to the mm-hmm. right. It's actually like everything is like in terms of, of a circle. So oh, imagine yeah. like there's circles. It's like a, like a I think of a proton neutron. There's a nucleus, then there's the electrons that that move out. So the nucleus is like the potomiton, and then you then you have the inner circle, which is the practitioners that are there, and then then the audience are there, and then there's chairs around because I think what is cool about Vodou Vodou is is not only they think about like who like stand up people that stand up, but also think about angles. And some people are not able to stand up the whole entire time. So there's people that have chairs. So people are pregnant. There's people that bring their kids. So there's chairs around the space as well. Mm. Yeah. Okay, wait. Mm-hmm. I love when you write this in the book as well, because it's, it mm-hmm. like serves of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you write, when dress becomes a part of religion, you write... Quote, it is transformed into a sacred item, connoting beliefs, engaging with power dynamics, acting as a conduit in the spiritual world and more. So for June with blue, red, and then what were like the fabrics? Yeah. So imagine for like a June slash July ceremony, like Mama Moden for her home, she does both Boston, Massachusetts, as well as Jacquemel, Haiti. But the summertime, I call it her hot girl summertime. That's what she's like honoring, like all the spirits. So near June, she's like, she's feeding the spirits and getting herself charged up for these ceremonies. 
And then basically by July is like real, real hot time where she's doing initiations. People are, are trying to understand more spiritual knowledge. So they're not only talking to Mabel Mode, but talking to other practitioners who are senior in their knowledge of Vodou. And um, this is where she does a number of ceremonies. So not only is it Ezele Danto, there's there's times she's honoring Kuzen Zaka, she's honoring Ogu, she's honoring Agwe. That's the spirit of like the water and the sea. Um, and so it depends on what year, like what she's feeling and what spirits are coming out. And there's also another spirit of Esli Freda, who's a goddess of love and abundance. So, and also like, okay, so my mom, oh my God, I'm doing it again. Well, maybe you'll think it's hilarious. And if you don't, we'll edit it out. So like, I had to like be like an acolyte in church growing up, like a little like altar boy with like the little fucking like, you know, like the little black robe with like the little white thing and like carry a fucking thing. And I was famous for like locally for like, there was this thing called prayers of the people, which was really Mm. dreary. And there was like prayers of the people form four or something where like Mm. it took 40 minutes. It'd be like, and we pray Mm. for so-and-so and so so, like literally and so I would always have to go to the bathroom during that time or Mm -hmm. I would like fake I'd be like like I'd act like I was about to throw up (laughs) my mom like you can't always throw up at like 11 o'clock right for prayer but oh you can't watch oh you come you come prove me wrong in the bathroom um so I was always like running out for prayers of the people and then when we got this different preacher honey he said never again prayers of the people form four we're going to like the abridged version it was like form two and then I never got mm-hmm. sick again because that was only like 30 seconds it was just like we pray for the people and it was just it was so it was faster and then the congregation got bigger because like we just don't have you just don't have two hours every mm-hmm. Sunday for mm-hmm. a dreary goddamn service honey mm-hmm. so the point of all that story was how long like, are we talking? Is it like, are, yes. they, are they short? Are they long? Does it long. depend? Yeah, it depends. The answer is it depends. It depends. It depends. So a ceremony in Boston is between six and eight hours. Oh, fuck and, shit. And, and, and that, How often? That's, that's short. Like, so remember I talked about March, March, November, and May. So that's that one time. Yeah. So oh, oh so there's say, only like four a year. Yeah, in in Boston, in Boston. Oh, okay, so, so you're then, not going every Sunday for six to eight hours. No, 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 no. Or no, some no. other. It's just these major ceremonies that happen in the, those particular okay, months, fun. and sometimes it can be ten. But like, reason is because people got jobs. So and the jobs, like people have to work in the morning. So people like are literally there overnight, and then they have to work as nurses and doctors. And I'm like, wow, you guys are really going to work after this. I'm going to sleep. So that's for Boston, which has a limited time. But in, in Jacques Mel Haiti, in, in Haiti in general, for especially for Mambo Mode's home, your job is to honor the spirits. People come from all over to make sure that they're they're hosting and honoring the spirits. So remember I said something could be like six, eight hours? No, no, no. In Haiti, that shit can last over 24 hours. So imagine in the beginning, you're, you're, you know, you're honoring the spirits in the daytime and you maybe you're probably feeding the spirits. You'll take a break, like two or three hours. And then after that, there's a nighttime ceremony that can last throughout the whole night and into the afternoon. And so imagine for me, I'm like, I'm hot, I'm tired, I'm sweaty. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm smelling about who wants to, who, who can even stand me? But like, you, but your job is to make sure that you're present. And people take naps. Some there's times people take naps because it is a long time. But again, it's a very beautiful sight to see about how community is coming together. There's some, there's like also a fallacy that people just see people just drumming and then just dancing. And they're like, oh, it's so loose and free. It's so loose and free. And it's actually not. There's like rules. There's rules. There's structure. There's a way that you have to honor the spirits. And if you don't honor the spirits in the right ways that you're saluting and honoring the, and calling on the spirits, 
the spirits can come down and be mad, or the spirits cannot come at mm. all. So luckily in Mom Mode's home, that doesn't that doesn't quite happen because people now know their jobs. But that has happened in other spaces where you weren't wearing the right outfit, or the spirits don't like the way that you honored them, or they don't remember the songs that the spirits want. Then the spirits like, you don't remember my song? I'm out. And I want to make sure I say this because Jonathan, you're, I know what you're doing. You're trying to try to make sense of it and you're trying to understand and you're trying to connect to the ways that you're seeing it. And that's fine. People in my classrooms, they do the same thing. When it comes to voodoo, the ways that we think about Christianity and Islam, that's its own unique religion. And if we can honor those distinctions about the religious traditions, we need to do the same thing as we do for Haitian voodoo, which is it's its own unique uh, belief system. It has a set of rules. And we need to stop comparing what how it looks like for Christianity. And so yes. I make this argument about Haitian Vodou, but this grander thing about African diasporic religions, because of the, the stigmatization of the religious tradition, people are, are doing this comparison and not understanding what makes this Black religion so unique and, and fascinating. Yeah. So it's beyond fascinating. I'm fascinated. I'm in the process of being mm, fascinated. As I like that. I like that. So. You compare Haitian Vodou to ballroom culture, which mm-hmm. I love this. So mm-hmm. can you tell us more about how these two worlds are connected? Yeah. Thank you so much for talking about that. Because this is where, like, in terms of framework, I was very mindful about, like, thinking about when we're talking about comparing or cross-reference. I was really thinking about what Black people do all over the world. I was noticing that through possession, possession being the spiritual phenomenon where the physical human body is prepared for the spirit to enter the psyche of the the person. And through this uh, phenomenon there, uh, the spirits are able to deliver messages, good or bad to, or just is, whether good or bad, it just just is, to the rest of the community, whether it's about some individual person or about the state of the world. Side note, I found that to be quite fun and then also harsh because sometimes your business gets out there. Like one of the times that when I was my earliest times of talking to the, the spirits, they were talking about my sexuality when I wasn't talking about my sexuality. So yeah, they, they basically like brought me out of the, well, brought me out of the closet, quote unquote. I'm putting, I'm doing air quotes because I was, I know what I was doing. And I just didn't want anyone else to know what I was doing. But one time, the spirit, one of the spirits, um, who was that at the time? I think that it was, oh yeah, I think it was Gede. See? And it's funny because Gede is a spirit of life, death, and sexuality. And he was like, I know you. I know that you like men and women. I just want to let you know that we're okay with this. I was like, what? In front of the people? What's <laughs> wrong <laughs> business? Like, <laughs> and so it was, it was pretty funny. And then, you know, it was a beautiful conversation with other entities that were talking about, like, we know who you are. We know that you like both. We, we just want to make sure that you... And then there's another conversation. They wanted me to have children. And I was like, oh, God, like, can, can, do you have children, buddy? Do you have so funny? <laughs> so the whole other conversation you could have about arguing with the spirits and talking about the spirits. But nevertheless, when it comes to ballroom, in the, in the ceremonies I've seen in both in Haiti and in the United States, when there were, there were some people that got taken over, especially like queer people that got taken over by um, different spirits, they were actually voguing. And so I was like, huh, this is pretty cool to see. There's a, there's a language that is happening in both the United States and, and, and Haiti, and how these racialized bodies are still making sense of movement and dance and the scene of the connection. So I thought that was just so cool. 
Um, so when it came to thinking about my framework of, of spiritual vogue, which helps us think about fashion and ritual aesthetics and this and how it's a meta communication that connects with the the practitioners, the audience, and the spirits, I was really thinking about the role of spirit, that the divine has a role to play, that they come through dreams, spirit possessions to communicate with the people about what they want, but also what the word of vogue, vogue is thinking about the role of fashion, that people are making sense of the self through, through dress, but and also thinking about how black and brown people, queer black and brown people are making, uh, have made sense of being in these religious spaces as well. And because of that, we can learn something about religious rituals as well as voguing as well. So I think that the gender bending spaces of voguing was quite useful to help me think about spirit possessions in, in Haitian vodou. Um, so I'm also thinking about like how places are these both ballroom and, and, vo, uh, and vodou homes have like, think, they think about homes, they think about children, who, who could be a part of that special house. I've seen a lot of similarities and then also understanding that there's a uniqueness into the space. And what I mean by the uniqueness, I'm, I'm meaning this. There's a way that broader scholarship has called Haitian vodou a, a queer religion. I get very offended about, about that. And I get offended by that because of the fact that there are still queer people, like in all religious traditions, I'm thinking about Christianity and is Islam, and just thinking about world religions as well that had to contend in these religious spaces because of the, the homophobia and the patriarchy and the misogyny that still is rampant in these religious traditions. So to, to separate Haitian Vodou and any of the African diasporic religions as just a queer religion is, is negating the safety of, of queer people in these spaces. And so we must be mindful about the terms that we use. Are you talking about the phenomenon of gender-bending spaces of being spiritually possessed? Or are you talking about actual queer people living and trying to inhabit in, in these religious spaces? So there's a, there's a difference. And so part of my bigger argument about queer, queerness and queering and how one thinks about queerness is to think about what's happening about the role of the divinities. And so my biggest argument is that Haitian vodou is not queer. I think, I think that there's a lot of work that a lot of these religions have to do for us to call it, call it queer. But I think that the spirits, the Haitian Vodou spirits, are queer. And I, my reason I say that is that queerness also, um, when we think about the role of queerness and queering, it's, it's also thinking about this um, acceptance and, um, and, and celebration of various gender and sexual expressions. And in Haitian Vodou with the divine, through the people I've, in, I've interviewed and talked to, I've heard so many beautiful stories of how people felt accepted and loved by the spirits, even when that spiritual home did not accept them. So for me, hearing those stories, hearing how trans people feel accepted by the divinities, how the divinities have helped them provide them safety and protection, or people have to find different homes and communities where they're accepted, the divine has told them personally that they, they're gonna help them and, and watch over them. I call the spirits queer. And I think that me calling them queer is also, for me, the, the, the highest form of beauty because an honor, because of the fact that they are able to see people as as who they are, which is they're everything. Okay, I'm obsessed with all of that. I have a mm -hmm. question. Yes. You've mentioned, I think it's spiritual possession. Yes. Yeah, what does that look like? What happens? When people are doing these ritual performances to honor the spirits, they're preparing their bodies for the state of getting spiritually possessed, or in Haitian Creole, it's called pran to take spirit. 
spirit possession happens in other cultures and communities as well. And in this case, for, for Haitian Vodou, there's a preparation that happens. There's a saluting that happens where you go to the altar, you're singing songs, songs that like welcome the spirit, songs that honor the spirit, ask the spirit to leave. So for our next divinity to come through, because again, remember I said there's like a lot of divinities that you have to honor. As you're singing songs and as you're calling the spirit to come forth, um, there's members of the communities that can like all of a sudden fe feel the spirit. And some people feel it in their fingers. Some people feel it in their head, like the tingling in their head. Some people feel it from the, it's like a, as a body chill. Or some people feel it from their toes and it comes up. And some people feel it directly smack in their heart. And then there's different types of possession. So there's, there's a possession where like you're fully possessed, where you where you have no recollection of yourself at that moment. Like you're just, you're a vessel for the spirit to like help and communicate and engage with the, the rest of the audience and, and the other practitioners. And then there's sometimes it's a, there's a thing called a passe where it's like, you can feel the spirit come in and then it just leaves. And then there's some people that have like half of a, a possession where they, they are aware that their body is taken over but there's nothing they can do. So they're like, they're like, they're not there. And so in terms of a full possession that happens, this is where like the person does not remember what, what's, what went on. And it's through the community to tell them what they did during that possession um, about like what, what was said and what was not said that helps people go, oh, okay, that's what happened. So is it, is it accurate to say that like a ceremony is like about like facilitating the like the communication, the relationship between like the practitioners and the, and the deities. And also is like the whole ceremony considered like feeding the spirits. Is that kind of like, Oh, I love that. Yeah. So basically what these ceremonies are doing, it's not only that it's honoring the spirits. It's also to bring community together. It's also to create healing. For example, remember I told you about like when they were talking about me being like loving both uh, men and women they were like, you're okay. And there was a time that I was going through my own angst about like, what does it mean for me to be Nigerian and queer and how that was going to be? So they're like, you're okay. So at that time, I actually needed that shit. I really needed to hear and be validated about like where I was at that time. For a number of people, they're looking for jobs. They're looking for love. They're looking for understanding about what happened to their aunt, like who was sick or they're communicating with their, their lost ancestors. It's, there's a whole range of communication that's happening. But as, as I'm talking to you, like this is also bringing communities closer because people are helping a person to get uh, spiritually possessed, but then also people are coming together to share with each other what they learn. And then they're talking to each other. So like bonds are created. Um, and especially when someone comes out of possession, I talk about the intimate care that happens. Like how do you supposed to cool a person's body from that, that spiritual phenomenon? That's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But like, in Haitian Vodou, is like mm -hmm. is feeding the spirits just like all of that? Is it like anytime you're doing something the spirits would like? Yeah, yeah. So feeding the spirits can mean like you actually have to prepare a meal for the spirits. Ooh. And then the meal is very specific. So like for example, I said I talked about Esley Danto. Esley Danto likes pork. And then sometimes it's also like presenting water and candles and and again, I'm giving some brief, brief things that, that the spirits can do. If you are a practitioner, I could hear practitioners listening like, that's not all we do. Of course, that's not all you do. Oh, no, this is like one. Oh, this is like not even one. Yeah, this is like, this is yeah, like, this is like one yeah, no, like, I mean, literally, and, when they hear my next question, and then when they hear our next question, they'll get it. Hi. 
honey, I love a luxurious moment, but I also love luxury that like doesn't cost quite so much. Then I discovered Quince and it was a total game changer. They have so many different items to choose from. They have washable silk tops and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Thanks, Quince. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Indulge in affordable luxury, honey. Go to quince.com slash curious for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash curious to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash curious. Don't you just love when someone looks at you and says, what were you up to last night? Well, no matter how late you were up the night before, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops can help your eyes look more refreshed and awake. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute to help your eyes look brighter and whiter for up to eight hours. No wonder it has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. You won't believe your eyes. You know you can trust them, though, because they're made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb, and they're backed by six clinical studies. Eye doctors trust them, too. They're the number one recommended redness reliever eye drop. The one and only Lumify is an amazing drop that will have people saying something's different about you in the best way possible. So check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. So you mentioned this earlier um, about like, you know, patriarchy, homophobia, misogyny, like Mm -hmm. how that can affect, how it affects ceremonies, how it can affect like anything. So... Like, how do those interplay with Haitian voodoo? And how do, like, women, for instance, nonetheless, like, transgress? But I even feel like that's giving me, like, Christian Eurocentric shit. How do they, like, play, explore, experience, like, gender lines during possessions? Yeah. In terms of homophobia, I specifically think about Haitian voodoo. But what I'm saying happens in all religious traditions, which is there's homophobia in religion. We have not done our job to get rid of homophobia. Oh, yeah. Now, going specifically in Haitian Vodou, there's a number of people that can be homophobic. There are queer people that still have to be concerned about their safety. So, although the ceremonies can be very beautiful and grand, and I, and I talk about the gender fluidity that happens, say, for me as a female body, what happens if I get taken over by a male spirit and having like showcase like different forms of masculinity or stereotypical masculinity. That's all fine and good. But then there's also something that happens when I come out of spirit, that if I was a queer person, that I also have to be mindful of how the rest of the community can interact with me. And then there's times when people have to worry about their safety in during the ceremony as well. What I mean by that is when it comes to like gay men, especially if men that are more feminine, if they get taken over by the spirit, and they do like openly demonstrative affections towards cisgender men. So for example, if you're taken over by a spirit, you can kiss. Like there's women that kiss other women on the cheeks or the lips or, or whatnot. And no one sees that as a bad thing. No one's questioning if that person is queer, whether she wants to kiss this person or not. But it's only if it's a, if it's a gay man that if all of a sudden this gay man gets taken over by this female spirit and this female spirit decides to kiss another man on the lips, like it's, that's seen as taboo. So again, you can give hugs, you can like be affectionate, 
But you can't be there like kissing on someone's lips. Or another thing that I've noticed that if you are a cisgender straight man and you are taken over by a hyper feminine spirit. So when I say hyper feminine, I mean Esli Freda. Esli Freda is more, more stereotypically feminine. If you're taken over by her and you're doing a lot more feminine movements and your hips are moving around, like don't want to say something to you during possession, but after possession, people are going to be looking at you going, mm, umasisi, are you gay? It's because of this that we, we cannot call this a queer religion. It's because of this that there are some men that don't even allow themselves to get taken over by feminine spirits because of the fact they're scared that their sexuality is going to be, is going to be quote unquote compromised. There are people that are not comfortable about expressing their full selves. And it's more than just, I want to make sure I say this because I know that there's going to be someone that goes, that's just not how it is because there's some men that don't need to get taken over by the other spirits. It's like, no, there are women that can get taken over by ranges of, of male and female spirits. And then there are some people that have this biological understanding. Well, a, a woman is open and this, she has a vagina and this is this womb and she's open. It's like, no, no, that's your social, that's your social construction. Absolutely. Of- because as I have said for years, I do. Now I'm not going to say it. I won't say it. But that is. What are you going to say? Well, just that men too can be extremely receptive. So basically, like seasonally, month wise, like there are certain times of the year where you would have like a longer like ceremony. Um, yeah. And then is it like what's like the day to day? Like, is there like a smaller like, or is it basically just like you kind of keep them in your heart, like you keep them close, yeah. like, but then it's like okay, yeah. I'm gonna see you in the ceremony. But is there like like would you have like an altar in your house or something where you yeah, do like little yeah. touch ups or something? I love your question because, like I said, people have jobs, people are working, so like uh, people go to work and then when they come home, they they have altars that like they they, they light up on special days that honors specific spirits. If someone is married to a, a, a specific spirit, um, it's when oh, they yeah, like spiritual dedicate. marriages. Yeah. I, spiritual what, marriages, what's, that about, yeah. what's that about again? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, spiritual marriages. Tell me if this is wrong or tell me if it's right. Or maybe yeah. it's like a little bit of both. Okay. Right. Is a spiritual marriage like for a practitioner? Like, you know how like you were saying like, you know, mambo mode works with like all of them, but like some practitioners are more like, ooh, I really like this one. I'm really like better with the yeah. ones. Is a spiritual yeah. marriage for like a practitioner to be like, mm, I'm really down with like that October like how I've always really liked the number 12 because I like to write a two. Like just like for whatever reason that you really like, like, is that it or no? Yeah. So it's both. It's it's not only the practitioner, but it's actually also the spirits where the spirits are choosing. So does every Haitian Vodou practitioner get spiritually married? Not everyone, but there are people that like find close connections with the spirits. And, and and then there's people that get married to multiple spirits because there's Ooh. multiple spirits that, that, that work with them. Yeah, because you wouldn't even know that you liked them if the spirit didn't like. And it just yeah. comes up, yeah. And you start like how you like number two. There's like symbols and signs that something is resonating with you. There's some colors that keep showing yes. up. You're like, why am I always asking for a certain meal or food? That's mm. spirit showing up in in its ways. Go, yeah. So for like the day to day stuff, like would that be mm-hmm. prescribed by like like a leader in your community, or like would like Mambo Mode be like? I need you like doing like 20 minutes at your altar thinking about so-and-so before I see you mm. back. Like, would that ever be like prescribed by like an elder or are there like certain like things that just happen in like your home altar? So imagine like if, if it's a day-to-day, there's like this ethos that you just have. Make sure you do good to others. Make sure you're not causing harm. Like that's a way for you to honor the spirits. And then when it comes to not honoring the spirits, 
There's people that like, maybe they'll light a candle every other day or sometimes every day. Um, sometimes they'll say a prayer before they, when they wake up in the morning, or sometimes they say a prayer on specific days. Sometimes they make food. Um, now, if there is an issue that someone had and Mambo had to prescribe, like every ritual or uh, things that she has to do, it varies. Because some people need like a deep spiritual work, but they have to do like using natural resources to cleanse and bathe themselves and go talk to her and then some ritual work. And there's sometimes that they're like, you need to have your own communication with the spirits. And this is where, where I talk in my book, about the power of dreams, your subconscious and the dream state is a very powerful uh, communication form of the spirits and the practitioners to have a communication with each other. Not only that, there's people that do card readings. And then even for dreams, there's a way that when we think about people that are spiritually married, there's a way that you have to prepare your body for that dream. So basically you cannot have sex with uh, a human person. Now that shit, I, I, I found that shit to be very difficult. When I was like hearing about that, I was like, wait, so. That's kind of nice. <laughs> like you're just like, okay. sorry. Like, yeah, it's too Ladonto really needs you to like not put out today. So like, I'm just going to like, I'm going to get yeah. my queso today because I just really can't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, it's so funny because there are, there are practitioners who are like, I actually love my days that I don't have to. But this is also why I like about Haitian Vodou is that like what you're asking, what you're talking about, that's some real ass shit about like partnership, about love, and also like the time to yourself or the time for the divine. Um, and so when I was talking about the preparing, like again, the, there's a way that you get to shower and bathe yourself. You're going to wear specific clothes to, to uh, open yourself and be ready for the spirit. And then you're going to probably do some prayers and light the candle again. And then you're going to go to sleep. Um, and then it's in that time where the spirits deliver messages. Sometimes the spirits are, um, people have talked about having sex with the spirits. And what is cool about that is that people have shared with me like how they had so much pleasure with the divine. And more than that too, it's a way that the spirits, if you think about like sex is a part of human nature. And so the spirit and the, the divine world is very, very connected. And then there's people that don't want to have sex. Cause you know, we think about like, the spectrum of sexuality, there's people that are asexual. There are people that have conversations with the divine saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have sex. And then with, and the spirit will offer something else. So consent is real. Like consent is real. Like, and people have to come with their own self and understanding. I love that too. Yeah. Yeah. So you linger in the book on the racial politics of Haitian Vodou, mm -hmm. including the growing interest among white people and gay white men in particular. Oh, those mm -hmm. gay white men. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, no, anything <laughs> about that, honey. Um, can you break down what's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to make sure I say this because I, I, um, I've noticed that um, there's times where I talk to people and they want, they just want to spend so much time talking about white people in Haitian Vodou. You're not doing that, Jonathan, but I just want to make sure I say this, that I'm mindful about um, the amount of time that I spend talking about white folks in Vodou because there's something that's alluring. It's giving me, it's giving like, um, the last samurai, you know, oh. like um, some voyeuristic space. Like, like I was like, like Rachel Dolezal, what is yeah. it? <laughs> What yeah, is it? What you is know, it like, it's like the, the white voyeur, voyeurism. But there are a number of white white people in Haitian Vodou that have found home and, and space and safety in, in, in Haitian Vodou. And my job as um, a scholar of Africana religions is to think about the narrative. And it's I'm really mindful about saying how do Black people think about the divine and also how do Black people think about white people being in the space. It's important to know that Haitian Vodou is a Black religious tradition. Uh, and when we talk about Black people not being a monolith, it's really cool to see Black people's thoughts where there's people that are like, you know, this is for us, by us. It's for Black people and Black people only. And 
how are white people going to be in this space when they are the colonizers and people that cause us harm and we're trying to figure out our own selves and why why are they here yes it's like the bachelorette parties at a gay bar but like worse got it yeah got it but racialized which automatically makes it worse yeah yo can i just say i got what you're saying i got what you're saying i'm like they're like and they're doing all this stuff i'm like you couldn't do this somewhere like else. Like you're scattering the dick, girl. Like you're, it was right there yeah. and it was dick uh, o'clock and now you came up with your yeah. eight girls and now it like made all the dicks scatter away because they want to stand around you. Wow, you did Thank that. Thank God I'm you married and like uh, out of the bar at dick o'clock. I'm so glad no. I'm not at the bar at dick o'clock anymore. That was you the saddest time when you're just like, I literally am like starving for my kielbasa and I don't even know who's going to give it to me. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes. So, but enough about that. So that's one um, range of people. And then there's Mamba Mode and a number of other people that feel like Haitian voodoo is for everybody. For her, she sees it like as a church. And she said, all are welcome. We all bleed. Our blood is red. And also there's another thought that people are like, like basically how are white people are able to call on black gods for help when they're not even anti-racist? I was like, that's deep. So many white Christians, Mm -hmm. you know, Christianity is supposed to be about like, you know, helping your neighbor, like not doing onto other people how you would, you know, or like do onto others. Yeah, how you yeah, would yeah. Want like you're so yeah. you're supposed to really be about like helping the most marginalized, helping the most, you know, affected people. If you were really reading the word, the word. right? Mm-hmm. But then these people that are practicing Christianity, like they don't talk about that in their jobs. They don't talk about in their work. Mm, they don't talk about not, that anywhere. Yeah. They're actually so. I would, so not mm. to compare like white Christians with like, but it's like white people are very comfortable with like being in spaces where they should be speaking out about something based off what their beliefs are, but then just not okay, doing Jonathan. it. You Damn, know? Jonathan. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah, that's real. No, that's real. I think this is where I'm understanding more and more about Mamba Mode when she says that everybody needs help. Everybody needs their own ways of coming into the space. And so that's why she wants to make sure that it's for everybody. But she is clear about like four white people entering the space. She's like, you need to know that this is a, she calls it an adopted religion. And in this space, I think it's what's interesting about the white folks that are, are there. They're coming from different walks of life. Some people are coming from Christian, Catholic traditions. Some people are coming from a religious spaces. Some people are coming from pagan religious traditions. I, well, I was wondering about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, but can you be both? Like, is that allowed? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bodu is a is a, a a very unique and uh, beautiful religion that you can be everything. Bodu is like you can that. have you can hold you can hold everything. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what resonates with a lot of people: black, white, Latinx. Like it, like because you can be Christian and, and a Bodu practitioner. You can be a Bodu practitioner and do Buddhism. So, but in these spaces, especially in Mom Mode's home, that that does have uh, white people in these spaces, racism happens. Racist acts happens. And so for Mama Mo, she also has to take time with her practitioners to address the race, the racism that happened and then the harm that's committed. Uh, and uh, she even has to like even get guidance from her the, the spirits to help her facilitate some of the conversation. And I also want to make sure I say this, that for some Black people, that also is a deterrent of why they, they're not even in Mama Mo's home. Because they're like, I'm trying to get away from racism. I'm trying to get away from violence I have to deal with in my workplace where, where I'm living and just on the street, like thinking about police. Uh, so they're like, in my spiritual space, I like I have to deal with this shit too. So I think this is really incredible. And because I think, mm. you know, if, if you haven't gotten it by now, as Yaku, you conducted years 
of ethnographic mm-hmm. research on this. Like when yeah. we said that you put in your 10,000 hours, like not yeah. only have you been to like, you've been to hours and hours and hours and years and years and years mm-hmm. of scholarship research on African diasporic religions, but also like you spent years and years in Haitian Vodou ceremonies, temples, mm-hmm. but also interviewing folks. And I just think that is, and you, and you have talked about some mm-hmm. of the highlights from your book. Yeah. Is there anything that from the book that you have that we haven't mentioned that like is just really stands out as a highlight from your experiences in writing the book? You know, I, Jonathan, thank you so much. I I really want to make sure I say this that not only this was a, a labor of love, um, but this was labor and this was this was time. There are some assumptions that oh, because I'm I'm black and I'm a woman that it's, it's supposed to be. Um, easy for me. I, I remember one scholar told me it said I was doing ethnic ethnography. I was like, what the fuck is ethnic ethnography? Anyone There's who's ever written a book <laughs> should fucking know that <laughs> it is so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. And also to like, I also want to talk about like, I made a lot of mistakes um, in these spaces. So imagine like, there's sometimes I was too fresh about my, about my questions where I was trying to ask people about like their gender and sexuality and expressions. And when I was in the States, I was, it was easier to ask those questions because of the fact that people understood like the language which we're talking about for gender sexuality. But when it came to Haiti, I actually got in a lot of trouble, so much in trouble that the, that the spirit actually had to like confronted me and was like, you better be careful about what you said. And I talk about this in my book, like the spirit had like a dagger to my face and to my mouth was like, Papale, like, be careful, like watch what you say. And so not only did I spend the time, but then there was a lot of mistakes and errors that I had to make and I had to adjust and to the ways I was asking questions. And what, what was cool about when it comes to fashion is that I recognized that there was ways I was gonna find out about gender sexuality via like the way that they're talking about the spirits, the way that they're talking about the spirits connecting to the other community. So I had to be flexible in my own understandings about questioning and then also understanding that the field is different than the classroom. I hope that anyone that's thinking about ethnography and anthropology, like you have to put yourself out there. You can't just be reading and go, oh, I got it. Like, because the people are going to tell you something. And, and I feel like I have been changed. Uh, I've seen myself grow. My own style has changed. I called myself like a hobo chic uh, type of person. Like it's my Cali vibe where like, you know, like I would wear a lot of leggings, not really care about my appearance as much. And I recognize that I had to like show up and dress now, like, I think that the the field has changed and also knowing that I have also have impacted the field about my time in, in the space. And I think that that's what's really cool about all of this. How did the pandemic affect like ceremonies and just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The pandemic was hard. It, it impacted a lot of us in so in so many different ways. Like for, for, for a number of us, like we couldn't travel to Haiti. Means the ceremonies have to be re- regulated. Like, so like the Boston ceremonies, um, not all of us were invited. So we had to do, watch it via Zoom. So I think that the internet helped us still maintain relationships. Um, and then, you know, in terms of like gathering, the gathering of the ceremonies, it was not the same. Again, it was like, you, we, you went from 70 to 80 people to like 15, 20. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, everyone had like, everyone had Is that kind of return had... now? Is it like, is it, is it like cuter and oh, more yeah. together again? And it's like, it's more together again. Yeah. Love yeah. It. And then there's still people that are wearing masks, you know, cause, um, yeah, cause we, it's for yeah, safety. We yeah. Feel good. yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, but, but it, I, I'm, I'm actually really happy that it's, it's, it's come back. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So what do you hope that people take away from this project? Oh, so many things. 
I really do hope that people get to enjoy the whole parts of themselves, the masculine, the feminine. I hope that they see themselves as not as one thing, but as multiple things. And I hope they're able to experience and tap into themselves. Like, I hope you have sex. I hope you, I hope you love. Um, so that's just one. That's my own, that's my own personal. But again, when you're reading this book, I hope that you understand the complexities of Haitian voodoo about this Black religious tradition that is happening to millions of people every day. That when we think about religious studies and just religion in general, that there is a, a broad, broad range of religion that is so unique, so so fascinating, and so specific that has its own issues um, that we need to understand. So I hope they get they get that from this book. And I so I hope that you have fun. I hope you laugh with me. I hope that you understand that there's some things I went through that I was like, damn, this shit's crazy. Like one of my favorite scenes while I was talking about like how I felt like I was like Drake for a moment where like I went to the beach and, you know, like as an, as an American, I, I was, I knew that I had to pay some more money for everyone that was going to be there for the, the practitioners and other Haitian folks and other Americans that were there. But then there was a moment where I had to, like me and like, a few other people had to pay for the whole community and then they're bringing in their friends. And I was like, who's this person? Who's Jean? Who's Sebastian? Who, who are these motherfuckers? So like, <laughs> I had to like recognize like what does it mean to travel like and have like a, have, like, a squad? And, uh, and especially as a broke grad student, like thinking about money issues and uh, that was my own internal issues that I was going through. Um, so I hope people get to feel with me and see the lived realities of, of, of Black religious experience. Um, and I hope that you not only just take it serious, but we understand that there is there is a religion that's beyond yours, that it's more than just what you're thinking and how you believe, that there's other other beliefs in this world. So get over it and get over yourself. That to me is, and not that you asked, but I'm going to answer it, is <laughs> that to me is like what my biggest and most exciting takeaway from your work and your book and our interviews is mm. and that I love is that I learned this from like Dr. Jessica Hernandez. Um, we had her on the podcast. She wrote Fresh Banana Leaves. And she kind of, it, there are certain echoes and reminders for me in that she talked, because she became a, a Western doctor, mm. mostly to quantify her research as an indigenous scientist so that when people would say like, well, this is real data, she could be like, well, no, this is fucking real data because I'm a literal doctor so that I can quantify my indigenous mm. knowledge for you in the language that you understand. But just to understand that science isn't this island on its own, that actually like Christianity yeah. and misogyny and this fucking... Francis Galton, like all of mm. these historical elements like roll up into um, my need even to like be like, oh, well, is that like in Sunday school? And is that how like like this this need to constantly compare? And to mm. me, I'm, I'm going to make the point in a minute, which is to me, I love the seriousness and the deservingness that Haitian Bodu deserves in study and its scholarship and the ways that people yeah. have you know, studied Catholicism and the, and you know, we have the show, the Borgias that like was, you know, so like knows what fucking food the people ate the morning in 1412 when they made that Pope, the Pope, like we have so much exactly. deep history and understanding of like, you know, Roman Catholicism and all these other like Christian faiths, but there are other faiths that are equally as important, equally as sacred, equally as gorgeous, equally as traditional, yeah. equally as layered and multifaceted that mm -hmm. we just do not have the history on. And well, we do, but not everyone is talking about it. And those exactly. are important. And those are beautiful for us to understand and be exposed to other cultures and other traditions. And I just think that that's beautiful. And I love that you're doing this work and I hope you continue to do this work. 
Yeah. Everyone, get into this book. You need to get it yesterday. Oh. Vodou in Vogue, Fashioning Black Divinities in Haiti and the United States. Thank you for University of North Carolina Press for spreading the good word, honey. Thank you so much. We love you so much. And also, are you on the talk? Are you on the gram? Where are you the most yes. active where people can just follow you? Because we, I'm obsessed. We got, everyone wants to know. I'm on both uh, Twitter and hopefully Twitter still stays here. Like we'll see. And, and also the gram and it's both Dr. Uh, Dr. Underscore Zaku, Z-A-K-U. Writing that down so I can follow you when we get off this. Um, Love yeah, you so yeah. much. Zaku, we're so excited to meet you. Thank you so much for your work. We love you so much. Um, and thank you for coming on Getting Curious. You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. You can learn more about this week's guests and their areas of expertise in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, introduce a friend, honey, and please show them how to subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at Curious with JVN. Our editor is Andrew Carson. Getting Curious is produced by me, Erica Ghetto, and Chris McClure, with production support from Emily Bosick and Julie Carrillo.